You are listening to the iFamily Pick of the Week podcast, episode 55, sponsored by Comicol.com. She came from Greece, she had a thirst for knowledge. She studied sculpture at St. Martin's College, that's where I caught her eye. She told me that her dad was loaded. I said, my case on the room. Hi, welcome to the iFanboy Pick of the Week podcast, episode 55. My name's Connor, I'm with Josh. Hello. And remotely from California is Ron. Hey, I'm in San Francisco. It's fun. (laughs) (laughs) You sound thrilled. Yes, I am thrilled. I can't wait to be home. I'm coming home tonight, actually, so. Where are you currently? I'm currently sitting in the hotel lobby um, of the hotel I've been staying at. So this is what I'm telling you people out there right now going, well, this doesn't sound very good. He's in a hotel lobby doing this. So what that means is that people are walking by him and going, did he just say Batman something? I've got comics spread out all in front of me on the table, in front of me on my laptop. I look like the victim. It's quite interesting. So anyway, why are we here? What's the point of this? Why am I on the phone? Oh, we are iFanboy.com, and we like comics. We read comics, and every week, a bunch one of us reads through their bunch of comics, and they pick the best one, they write about it on the website, and then we talk about it in this podcast, and then we babble on about other crap for a while. Um, before we get to the show, I, we want to remind everybody it's a review show, so there's going to be spoilers, so don't come crying to us when we talk about what happened in the book this week. <laughs> you're kind of mean. You should pause the show and finish your books, and then finish listening after you're done. Josh, take it away. All right. This is is no nonsense. No. All right. um, This week, I picked Fables number 55, which is appropriate for our 55th episode, um, to uh, what I would say would be uh, people were pretty happy on the site. They've been waiting for this one. I'm sorry. And and the two guys who do this with me couldn't care less because neither of them read it, and that's a damn crime. I'm sorry. Well, no, I mean, to to clarify, it's like when we were talking, you said that you thought we'd be disappointed that you picked it, and 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 it's not the case of disappointment, it's just indifferent. That's almost worse. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I saw saw Josh on Thursday, the day after he he wrote his pick, and I was like, great, thanks, wonderful, it's going to be a great show, it'll be really thrilling, (laughs) nothing to talk about. Uh, You know you're not even trying. I have to listen to your... Superhero crap. No, I'm kidding. Um, oh, give me a break. Don't even complain about that. <laughs> that, was me a, that was me a year ago. How's that? Yeah, exactly. Talking about X-Men, yeah. the end, book three. Man, I'm like, what the hell is this crap? Um, House of M. What is that? Uh, anyway, I, the brief story on my, on my fables-itude is that I bought the first probably 10 or 15 issues. I Actually, I bought the first – I read the first like eight and then I stopped reading it, but my wife kept reading it, so I kept buying them for her. And then she stopped reading it too. I, I don't really know why. Um, and I kind of got bored with it for some reason. It wasn't really that it was bad. It wasn't that anything I just at that time wasn't interested. And then a few years go by and people start saying – I start hearing it a lot more. And I, I heard some interviews with Bill Willingham, the writer, and I, I began to get interested in it again because I think I was you know just hearing that it got – it was getting really, really good. Um, and so I went back and I reread all the stuff that I had and I dug them all out and I found myself interested again. So I went and I bought a couple of trades and I basically caught up to get on issue. And about four months ago, I got back on issue and, um, I, I really agree. It's, it's one of the best ongoings going on right now. Um, and I don't know why you two don't want to read it. Well, for the uninitiated, what is the premise of fables? Basically fables, and this sounds hokier than it is, so I can understand why, um, you may, you may think, oh, I don't want to read that. But the idea is that uh, all of the characters of, of fables, meaning 
you know, in, in legal terms, the uh, public domain characters that he doesn't have to pay anyone to use. Uh, people like Snow White and, and Little Boy Blue and the Big Bad Wolf and, and Pinocchio have all uh, ended up... Wait a minute, wait a minute. Did you just say the Big Bad Wolf? Yeah, he's one of the main characters. His name is Big B. Wolf. But do they, do they call him, like, B.B. Wolf or something like that? It's, or like, it's or do they call B. him, hey, Big Bad Wolf? It's Big B. Like, that's Big his B? first name, B-I-G-B-Y. He's a, like he's, he's a great character. He's kind of a Wolverine knockoff, but he's a really cool character. I swear to God. See, this is the thing. You, don't, you won't <laughs> even believe me. This sounds horrible. Oh, God this, is, God, this is pushing water uphill, you bastards. Anyway, so they've escaped. They, they, their homeland got taken over by the adversary, and that was one of the big mysteries of the book for a really long time. Who was it that did this? When do uh, the hobbits show up? They don't because they're owned by the Tolkien family, you see. Okay. Um, and they All end right. up in our world, and there's a little society that they've set up. They live in on one street in New York City, and there's all these like sort of rules of their society. It's all really well thought out and planned, and there's not a lot of places where you can nitpick this book and go, this doesn't make sense because Willingham's really put a lot of effort into the overall framework of the book. And um, Is Little Red Riding Hood in it? Yeah, she is. Is she a dirty tramp? Is she hot? Uh, yeah. She you is. think she would be? She she actually she's definitely naked in one part. Oh, good. She has sex with somebody. Um, with little and, boy blue. Actually, yes. Oh wow, really? <laughs> yeah. And together, is little boy blue the one? Is little boy blue the one that stuck his finger in the dike? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> moving along. Oh, no, the pie. Still oh, moving pie. along. Oh, it's, uh, it's the little Dutch boy that stuck his finger in the dike. I just That's feel uncomfortable. Right. Anyway, you're the uh, one reading the book. We don't read this. It's a good. You'll be reading it. Trust me. You'll. I'll uh, find some way. Oh, you'll like it. The thing is, though, like even if they, I'll tell you all the listeners now. Even if they won't like it, they won't. Le- they won't tell me, and they'll act like they don't like it. So I'll never get any satisfaction out true. of this. Look, keep talking. I got to bounce my checkbook. <laughs> okay. So uh, a lot of stuff has happened because we're 55 issues into it, and it's one of those big ongoing stories. And uh, basically, th- this issue. Uh, the, in the last issue was the story about how the the adversaries evil hordes of of creatures would would take over the earth uh and it was one of those things that was really really well thought out in the sense of uh do you guys remember in in like the Lord of the Rings movies when they would they laid siege to the castle and all of the mechanisms like made a lot of sense like first they would send the arrows and then they would put the ladders up against it and then yeah would, it was well thought out it was it's it, it was like that it was a whole issue of how they would sort of destroy the Earth's population and things like that. And then this issue was the response to that. It, it was basically one of the characters explaining what what would really happen. And, and basically, it was about how the, the military of the world would actually have a chance against all the magical creatures and things like that in the homelands and how they would win That's cool. this battle. And it's, it's something that really sort of it makes sense and it, it, it it's interesting because it would be really easy for them to just go oh a magician would show up and destroy all the humans but they sort of he gives some credit to the to you know to human technology to say that you know well we have pretty badass military and soldiers and stuff and given the you know like the fables who have magic and things like that have never actually seen technology and they wouldn't know how to deal with say a tank or a nuclear weapon or something like that but they're um, living in new york no no but there's two worlds there's the new york which is where the well, the, the the fables escaped. The fables who escaped the adversary taking over their home world ended up in New York. And see, so the idea of the adversary is taking over all of these different worlds, and the next one he's going to take over would be Earth, which is where all the fables escaped to. Ron, are you following this?
All right, and we're back. Okay, we're not going to lie to you. There was a little technical difficulty, and we've kicked Ron off of his phone, and we've put him on his laptop mic, which isn't so I'm, bad. I'm sorry. I didn't realize I had a head, headset, and I could use my laptop for, for the Skype. I'm sorry. Okay, back away from the mic a little. <laughs> okay. uh, <laughs> uh, we're going to give this a try, but bear in mind he's still in the lobby of a hotel. Yeah, so bear with me. I'm, trying, I'm, in, a, I'm in an alcove where there are payphones, so hopefully nobody will come in. I'm giving people dirty looks when they do. Is there anybody phone? looking funny at you? No, well, right now I'm alone, so before they were, though. <laughs> it's because he records the podcast without pants. Yeah. Um, anyway, as that, I was that, that, that wasn't funny. No. <laughs> well, a drum roll rarely follows something that is. Yeah. No. Uh, no. As I was saying, uh, Fables is a very good book, <laughs> and uh, I don't know why you two don't read it. That's well, all I'm saying. Well, here's my here's my statement on it: is that it's not. It's not for lack of quality in the book. I'm sure the book is very good. I've heard good things about the book from you and from Josh and from others. It's just that I, you know, I'm completely indifferent to it. I have no interest in it. You know, like it's like, you know, like movies come out like Master and Commander that I have no desire to see. Great I just can't movie. explain it. Yeah, but I know no Great desire. books. No desire. No oh. desire. And and I'm sure it's good, and I'm sure I'm missing out on something great. And and but I, I want to make it clear to everybody that it's not. I'm not saying it sucks. I'm not saying it's bad. I'm not even going after the little fairies and the big bad wolf and the talking and Jack be nimble, Jack be quick shit that's that's written in it. I mean, <laughs> that that would be too easy to do that. I mean, I'm not even going Jack, there. Jack has his own book, Jack of Fables. Oh, is it is it truly Jack be nimble? That well, he's Jack? he's the idea is that he's all of the Jacks. Like he's Jack and the Beanstalk, Jack be nimble, he's Jack be quick. He's he's like the greatest fable of all time, and he was a normal character in the in the regular one, and then he left that book never to return, and he started his own series, which is also very good, and it's just started. So if you wanted to pick that up, you could. Okay, the more I hear about it, the more I'm tempted to go to the easy jokes. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm gonna I'm gonna rise above, and I'm not gonna make fun of the there. He's all the Jacks. Um, <laughs> But um, but yeah no I mean it's just I just don't I mean if I never read this book I don't think I will be any different you know like I don't feel as if it's crucial to my life. You so. might read the book is all I'm saying. Oh what in an upcoming holiday perhaps? It's, hey I'm not I don't know. Yay. Oh a comic book. Thanks. <laughs> I needed something to read. No no I just finished another book and now I need something else to read. Thank you so much. <sighs> a sweater. Wow socks. <laughs> So anyway, the book uh, artist is is Mark Buckingham, and uh, oh, thank you! Oh, this is great! I can't wait. Mark Buckingham's a very good artist. He can do big. See, I sound dumb. But I needed a tie. I needed a tie back. I really, I need nice shirts for work. Thank you so much. <laughs> I'm so awesome. glad you. I'm so glad you ignored that that list I gave you. Because <laughs> I really Buckingham needed a pair of slacks. Sorry. <laughs> Those polyester slacks? Because I feel like when you say slacks, they've got to be polyester. <laughs> slacks! <laughs> okay. Now, we have a contact that I fanboy address, but I don't want to get the, me- the letters for this. So just send it to Ron and Connor. They've got their own email addresses. Oh, thank you. Find this them on the really, site. This is really thoughtful. I really thank you. I hope you like my present. <laughs> you, guys okay. know, you guys know Mark Buckingham, right? I've heard the name. I, I feel he was Spider Man. I think uh, DC, DC had him chained to the table at the con this summer. Yeah, yeah, him. Him He's and Gelson. Him and Gelson. He does, he does great action scenes that are that are you know big and, and dynamic, and he does really good interpersonal scenes with with characters' faces and, and things like that, with just people talking. He's great at that. So, isn't there something else that you really like about him? Uh, his camera <laughs> angles. <laughs> 
<laughs> There's no camera involved. These are accepted terms in in the language. Yeah, no, but but I think but when it's wrong and you we just what? perpetuate talk, it, then talk, it's talk. Just... <laughs> this is from the guy who's like who doesn't want to read it because you're you're self perpetuating. <laughs> I'm just saying camera angles. There is actually just angles. Your There's theory, no camera involved in the process of making. Your comic theory books. works against itself in the fact that like what happens is when you decide you don't like something, then you become obstinate against it though, and and you refuse to try it. At a certain point, I don't like, think I've ever I've ever said camera angles. I'm not talking about that anymore. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, oh we're like, talking about something. We're switching gears. Okay. Like Elaine with the English Patient. I hated the English Patient. I wish I hadn't seen that movie. Elaine was right. I wish I'd listened to Elaine. But this isn't that. Oh, <laughs> I'm so confused. Can we talk about another book? Sure. God, we've been doing this for a year and we still suck at it. <laughs> Ron, what's a book that you like that no one else did? Phonogram number three. Yeah. And and I gotta say, I'm not alone. Am I alone? I'm no, not alone. This was actually a pretty good issue. I'm actually starting yeah. to hate this book. Why are you hating the book? <laughs> no reason. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, this this issue was really good. I was a little I was a little worried when Phonogram number two came out, and if you noticed, I was a little quiet when it came out. I didn't, we didn't even mention it. It was good. Yeah, well, it kind of it kind of trailed off the quality that issue number one had. But I issue know number was th- happening. Issue number three, yeah, no, that's the thing. And issue number three came back with a really strong issue that that moved the story along without being too hokey and magic and like being too confusing. And I get the idea of where the story's going, and it was just really well done, really well done. The second so. half of the book was actually was really quite good. It was actually clear, and I knew what was going on, and I knew yeah. some of the songs. So yeah. this is oh. this is the the first comic book to ever get a, co- a song stuck in my head. Yeah, exactly. It's a good song too, a damn good song. Common people. Uh, yep, by Pulp. But um. But yeah, it was. And how good was Jamie McKelvey's art? That guy, he's he's great. He's, he's good. He's, he's yeah. right up there, I think. And he reminds me of Adrian Tomine, but with a little bit more, uh, I guess, energy to it. I guess. That's yeah, it. I can see that. I can see that because Tomine's work is very. Um, well, it's depressing. There it is. I've said it. Well, one, well of the, but, one of the criticisms about the book, which I got at the comic store as I was purchasing my books this week, is that it's a book showing off how cool this guy is and how much cooler he is than you. You see, now I can understand that, but I, I don't I don't agree with that. And I was actually this because I'm in San Francisco and I went to Isotope to buy my books. And um, they we were talking. I was talking to one of the guys who was shopping the store as well as James, and we were talking about that. And I like the fact that that glossary or the appendix is in the back that what Karen's doing with that explaining it for people who don't understand Ripop. And I don't think this is a way to prove how cool they are, because I, I think it moves the story along. I think it has a, a place within the story. Um, it's not like Matt Fraction's Casanova that is making references and then acknowledging the references mid-story, you know, in this kind of postmodern kind of way. You know, mm-hmm. um, I think I think I could see where I could see where somebody who doesn't who is either doesn't get Britpop or is snarky about things like music and stuff like that that would say that make that observation. But I don't agree with it. So mm-hmm. that's just me. Of course, I'm I'm loyal to the Britpop, so that's why I'm a little biased. It speaks to you, but it probably doesn't yeah. speak to everybody. Right, yeah, but the thing is, but the thing is that a lot of the book has to deal with the main character dealing with his past, something from his past, someone, something and someone from his past, and that past happens to be in that time period, and that time period of that music within that time period was not only a large music movement, it also shaped a lot of what this character is and what his light, his world was, and that could be said. I mean, that could be said for a music. I mean, this this same book could be written about Seattle in the early ni- late 80s early 90s or DC in the early 80s or California in the late 60s you know like it, it it the concept isn't that you know heady 
that it doesn't have to be it doesn't have to be Britpop. Like Britpop isn't the reason for this book. Does that make sense, sir? Yeah. So yeah. I'd like to know. point out that in the glossary itself, um, the last page where the and finally section where he writes about what he was listening to while writing the book. Yes. Uh, he listened twice to Shatner's Common People and not Pulp's Common People. Interesting. Nice. Good observation there. Well, Shatner's Common People is good, but the original is the best, you know? So, it's really... They've it's fought good, over this before, and... and it's, it's a good song. The fight's kind of lost both, us, though. They're both good, but I like it. Yeah. Did you like the cover? The cover was awesome. The cover... They, I hope they do something with collecting these covers in, like, either some sort of prints or posters or some sort of thing, because these covers are awesome. Ron, for uh, Christmas, I'm going to buy you the original cover art. Uh, really? That'd be, wait wait until issue four or five, because that's when they, they do an homage to one of my favorite Britpop albums of all time, Suede's first record. I'm not going to buy you the original cover art. He's not. Oh, oh, okay. oh thank you! <laughs> original cover art! I could buy... put this on my wall! I'd buy you the original Fables art, but it's really yeah. expensive, because people like the book. Well, if you waited online in San Diego, you could have gotten a sketch. Yeah, I didn't. But Dear no, God, but... can we talk about another book? Oh, but but no wait. Before we go about another book and still talk about music, I just need to mention that I went out with the crew at Isotope last night, and they took me to a bar where a band performed all of Prince's Purple Rain album with ukuleles, and it was amazing. It doesn't sound like anything I'd want to hear. No, it, it was like the best thing ever. Actually, it was it, honestly, and and how I could describe it was it was a little better than I thought it was going to be. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was really fucking cool. It was really cool. So if you're ever in San Francisco, and I forget what the band's called, I forget what they're called, but they they play ukuleles, and they're just awesome. It was amazing. So um, so on to comics. Actually, I'm going to drop off because I need to get to the airport. Um, so I'll let you guys carry on with the rest of the show. Before I leave, um, there was one other book I just wanted to talk about. was um, Franklin, Richard, Franklin Richards' um, uh, Happy Thanksgiving, I believe it was called, right? Is that yeah, correct? yeah. Um, you're the one gr- recommending it. Uh, well, yeah, I don't have. I packed all my comic stuff, so I don't have them in front of me anymore. Um, blah blah blah. I'm in, the, I'm in the lobby of a hotel. I don't have my books. I'm a jet setter. <laughs> hey Connor, do you know where I'm staying? Uh, the Westin Hotel for rich people. Uh, oh, see. <laughs> it's, a new, it's a new year. We retired that bit. That was last year. <laughs> anyway, um, so so Chris uh, Chris Eliopoulos uh, wrote and drew this book, and it's very. It's very, it's it's basically just Calvin and Hobbes with Franklin Richards and Herbie the robot, um, but it's a lot of fun and it's it's a funny it's a funny book. I mean, it's a comic book. It made it made me laugh out loud a couple times, and it's totally all ages. You could recommend it for you can give it to kids if you have kids or if you have if you have some Stupid sort of exposure. Kids. If you have, if you have some sort of exposure to kids and don't expose yourself to kids, like my Connor exposure does. to kids is of streaking on the subway, <laughs> I'm trapped That's... in that car with them. <laughs> well, give them this comic, and I'll shut them up. All right. But anyway, it was really good. It was a lot of fun, and it's 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 steeped in Fantastic Four lore and Marvel World and stuff like that. It's all, it was a lot of fun. So I dug it. So Chris, if, if, Chris if, Eliopoulos, if, he's he he did the desperate. He's the letter of everything. Yeah, well, he's he's a great letter. And yeah. he did Desperate Times, which I, yeah. originally appeared in the back of Savage Dragon, right? Yeah, and then it was a and then it was his own title, and right. from there, yeah. But it was it was really it's a, it's a lot of fun. I I don't feel as if it gets enough attention. You know, I, I probably would have picked it for my pick this week if I was on pick duty. Cool. So, and yeah. then I would have sat here and glazed over and said I didn't care. Exactly. Really, this pick of the week podcast is just becoming a way for the three of us to get at each other. <laughs> it's like, how can I make Josh uncomfortable for an hour? Let me make him talk about a book he doesn't like. Yeah, there's <laughs> lots of ways to make me more uncomfortable than that. 
<laughs> All right, you're out of here, right, punk. I gotta go catch my cab. I'll see you guys. Enjoy the rest of the show. I'll talk to you Bye. next week. Bye. Well, that's all from him. Ugh. Remind us to never do that again. <laughs> <laughs> if you people only knew. <laughs> Connor's all pissy because we've crashed a few times. Oy. Let's talk about Batman. That'll make you happy, right? Yeah. It didn't make you happy? Um, it it was weird. All right, go ahead. I... I I really like this storyline, this whole uh, Talia kid with the Batman storyline, and last issue he kicked the shit out of Robin, and he did something to Alfred, and he wants to be Batman's partner, and, uh, and this is the issue that resolves that whole storyline in a, in, a, in a way that's very similar to the old Batman stories, where often the, uh, the, the villain would, would quote-unquote die at the end, but you'd never really know if they were dead or not, mm-hmm. and um, they're clearly not dead, but... Uh, <laughs> My my biggest problem with it is the previous issue. This kid beats the crap out of Rob and throws him down, you know, through through a pane of glass. He's all hurt. Batman really isn't all that upset about it. He, you could say he's playing his cards close to the vest. Yeah, but considering his history with with injured Robins, mm-hmm. he uh, it's a sore spot. All right, I see what you're saying. It's a, it's a button. And however, however, though, it could be said that this is. A different style of Batman. No, no, I agree with that. I agree with that totally. I like the I like the big rocket. Mm-hmm. How so, good was that? When, when <laughs> Batman was like, "You didn't know about the rocket." Yeah, they, they, he's, got, he's apparently got a big rocket somewhere that he can fly to the to this, the trope uh, the lower atmosphere. And, and he was wearing a special suit. He had, it was pressure suit Batman. You never yeah. see that in the comics anymore. No, I don't. I don't mind all this stuff. The adventurous sort of mm-hmm. uh, '80s style Batman that was always going overseas to fight Ra's al Ghul and. And uh, I like all that stuff. It's a cool throwback, but I just figured he'd be he'd be more upset about the whole Robin and and, and Alfred too. I mean, it wasn't just Robin; it was Alfred. Got Alfred, beat wasn't, up also. Alfred wasn't hurt though. He he was, but he he did, he he wasn't as hurt as bad. Hmm. At least, but I, I, it was good. It was at least good. Alfred didn't talk like an idiot this week. That's true. Yeah. Let me let me ask you one thing though. Mm-hmm. Who this this guy can draw the pants off of the uh, out of these pages. This this Kubrick kid's got a future. <laughs> they should name a school after him. He, he's it's almost like he went to a school. Uh, some sort of school for art. It's like he's from some sort of legacy of some kind of fantastic. But seriously, this is like the worst, the best worst. This is the best book that he's best work that he's done. Yes. in a long time. It's there's some great pages. You know what else is great is the return of the Double H Batman grunt, <laughs> which is his own version of Herm. Yes. Huh. <laughs> I, you know what? I had fun with this. I, I, I liked it. I just thought that part was weird. Just, yeah. just the fact that he. Didn't I can see what you're saying, but, I, but other I, than that, it was fun. Yeah, I mean, it was one of those classic kind of endings. And listen, I, I don't want to have this kind of comic book forever. No, no, no. But for, for a little, little while, while, it's it's yeah. nice. It's refreshing. However long Graham Morrison can sustain mm-hmm. his schedule. But uh, whichever Cubert this is, I don't I don't even know which. Let's see. It's Andy. Uh, he's he's really kicking the pants off of me. I really well, really dig his work. Unfortunately, he's not drawing the next issue. Oh, is is Morrison writing it? Yes. Okay. Damn. Well, whatever. He you know he can have a pass. I don't care. It's good. Yeah. The other good book. I uh, another good book this week was Doctor Strange number two. How much fun was this? I I love this cranky old son of a bitch Doctor Strange. It's, it's like Silver Age comics, but mixed enough with modern comics that it doesn't feel antiquated. It's yeah, I love this art. Yeah, it's great. And the pages are colored in such a way that they almost look like they almost look like they're older pages that have faded a little bit. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, the, the color is sort of washed out pale. Yeah. It's it's definitely not as striking as you get in most modern comics where it's all photoshopped to death. Mm-hmm. 
it's very this is very sort of old school. And I love I love I mean it's it's kind of the uh, I know you don't like the show but it's kind of the house syndrome where this the meeting the main character is just an ass. I don't like the sh- I don't not like the show. I've never actually watched it. I've watched No, it right. I know, but I mean never seen it, but the, he's very much like this. Like he's just an angry angry, you know, ass of a man. And they're actually very similar in that the doc the sh- Dr. House on TV is angry because his leg is bad and, doc- right. and Dr. Strange is angry because his hands are bad. Well, you know what? Ha- having really never read a lot of Dr. Strange before this, like I'd seen him pop up in stuff, but right. it's a good series. Like, you don't have to know anything going into no, it. No, not at all. I don't really know much about him either. He, you know, even... I never read those 70s Dr. Strange's that every comic creator seems to worship. Mm-hmm. Um, and I only ever knew him when he popped up as a guest star in like an Avengers story. And he talked like a dupe- doofus, so... Yeah, but this is very cool. I mean, I, never, I didn't know that his hands were bad. Yeah, it, you know it's a, it's a good story. It's it's been a lot of fun. It's 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 light stuff. It's nothing nothing heavy. And I even buy the Night Nurse like yeah w- w- a few years ago when they they either brought her back or created her. I don't remember Cre- which. Gail Simone. Uh, I thought the I thought it was kind of hokey, but I like I I, I buy her in this. Yeah, I I'm I'm digging it. It's it's a, it's a good read. Uh, you read uh, you read bullet points uh, from from some prompting on the site, I believe. Well, I have to give it up to Chris Morley from iFanboy. He's one of the one of the users. He um, sort of goaded me into buying bullet points. I hadn't I hadn't had it on my list, and he talked it up a lot in the site to the point where I was intrigued. And I have to say, this is probably the best book of the week for me. Really? Um, yeah, I liked it a lot. What? I don't even know what it is. Well, first of all, let me just get this out of the way. The art by Tommy Lee Edwards is is fantastic. It's it's sort of pseudo realistic style, but very sketchy. It's like there's no doubt it's comic book art, but it's also in the realistic style. I kind of like sort of a Stuart Emonen style from before he went very cartoony, and I really I really dig that kind of thing. But the main thing is, um, there's there was a two issue two issue prestige mini like five years ago. I don't think you read called uh, the Nail from DC. I did. Alan you Davis. Did Alan Davis. This is like Marvel's version of the Nail. Oh, that was great. By the the way. The, pre- the premise of the Nail was that. Um, uh, one nail could change the DC universe in that uh, the the Kents t- got a flat tire and never picked up Clark when he crash landed on on Earth, and somebody else did, and just the, the ramifications of that, how w- this one one insignificant thing could change um, the whole universe. And this, it's a bullet. And the the story is what happens um, instead of basically when Captain America was created originally, his his doctor was killed right away. So there was no more Captain America. There was only the one Captain America because the Doctor had the formula for the secret serum in his head. Right. In this, it's instead of him being killed after the serum's injected, it's he's killed the day before. So, so there's no serum. Cap Steve Rogers doesn't get injected with the serum, and it's it's the dominoes that happen from there on. Um, what what also happens is in the crossfire of the shooting, Ben Parker is killed. The pro- young private Ben Parker. Really. So there's no Uncle Ben. To guide Peter Parker as a kid, Peter Parker. Who will make the rice? <laughs> There's no more rice. <laughs> Ron would have laughed at that. It's a wild, it's a wild rice-free world. All right. Um, basically, what happens is Steve Rogers is he's he's got the heart of a champion, and he won't give up. That he can't contribute to the war and fight the Nazis. So um, the government puts him into this other secret program, which ends up him being inside the Iron Man armor. Really. And uh, he's 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 basically wired into the armor like t- Tony Stark was originally, where he can't take it off or he'll die. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's an extremely painful process, but he's he's got the will to fight, so um, that's really cool. And then the other thing is Peter Parker without Uncle Ben is an asshole, and he uses his brains to like steal cars and like you know be be the sort of criminal in school. 
<laughs> with no moral compass, and he ends up stealing a car and stumbling onto a gamma ray test site. Wait a if minute. If that sounds familiar at all. So does he become the Hulk or Rick Jones? He hasn't yet, but he's about to. Interesting. So this one bullet is causing, right now, no Captain America and Steve Rogers is Iron Man and Peter Parker is about to become the Hulk. And t- so Tony Stark must be on a huge bender. Yes, he's just drunk. Now, does it does it start in World War Two? Yes, it's World War Two. So the the, the um, it's not it, much longer before that's not going to hold up anymore. Well, what happens is it seems to sort of fade forward. Where it, it the, the Steve Rogers stuff happens in World War Two, cut to the sixties, <laughs> and Peter Parker is a kid, right. not a kid, a high school kid. So it 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 it, it, it the, the main part will be probably in the sixties. I'm imagining. Interesting. But I, I, I think it's really, really good. I thank Chris and everybody else on the site who recommended I try it. And uh, this is actually J. Michael Straczynski at, at his strong suit. Very cool. Yeah. All right. I'm very impressed. I'm very impressed. All right. So uh, that's that's about the books. Is there any other books that you wanted to bring up? Uh, well, we, we we should talk about a book that's not not a book that came out this week. It's, oh. it's something that came up on the website this I week. I know what you're talking about. Um. We here at iFanboy love Robert Kirkman's Invincible, and we talk about it all the time, but apparently we don't talk about it correctly. <laughs> apparently we just said read Invincible. Yeah, apparently people on, this, on the website have said they, they would maybe like to try Invincible, but they don't even know what it's about. Yeah, well, a couple of people said that they tried the first book and didn't quite so much love it. Uh, which I don't really understand. However, I will say the big twist of the thing happens a little later, and when you really go, oh, wow, that's yeah. interesting. That's the book too. Yeah. Um, but well, basically, what it is is it's a superhero book by Robert Kirkman. Um, it's it's the best superhero work that Robert Kirkman is doing, I think. And it's about it, it's it's you know like a Spider-Man story. A teenager finds out all of a sudden one day he's got lots and lots of superpowers, and he's basically. He's Superman for all intents and purposes. He's sort of Superman. I say Superman crossed with Green Lantern. Okay. Just, just. No, I mean, in, in, in a, just the spirit, because he's sort of a cosmic hero who spends a lot of time fighting aliens. Right. Um, and in this world, there are superhero teams and other superheroes and supervillains and all that stuff. And his dad is also His a, dad is the Superman of the world. His dad is the Superman of that world and, like, the head of that world's JLA. And it's about uh, this guy who, at the beginning of the book, is a teenager. Currently, I think he's in college. Yes. Um... And, and you know it, it's got all that stuff that that you, that we all started loving comics for. He's discovering his powers. He's figuring out how to do things. He's meeting his first villains, and he's dealing with having a girlfriend. And, and yeah, I mean, not only there's a not only is there a really good slam bang superhero action, but there's also really great love, you know, plot lines. There's there's, there's uh, plot lines. There's um, <laughs> love triangles. He's got a you know girlfriend in high school and then but he also kind of likes the superhero girl on the team he's on and then but she's dating someone else yeah and, and, and there's that thing there's then there's really good family drama between him his dad and his mom and and, and the and, thing about the book that really is impressive is like we talk about all this stuff it sounds like 60s comics and it's kind of sounds kind of lighthearted but all of a sudden like in that book he will slam the hell out of you as the reader and just knock you off the like the plot will take a turn and all of a sudden things get really serious yeah, it, it 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 just that's those are my favorite books where it's it's laugh out loud funny one page and then then the brakes slam on the car and you're it's really dark mm-hmm. all of a sudden. That's really one of the great things about the book. But it's I mean, willing to go the whole spectrum from funny to dark very quickly. The last trade that the most recent one was one of the bloodiest 
had one of the bloodiest fights I've seen in, in a long time. Yeah, I mean, definitely. that was that was gallons of blood. But one of the things that he does constantly is, like, he'll get everything to a status quo point, and then all of a sudden he will throw a huge monkey wrench into things, and all of a sudden, like, there's a big problem and they'll have to deal with it. There's been three or four instances in the course of the run where you're just like, oh my god. Yeah, and I've I've really, like, we've talked about this before, I've really always found that when I'm reading those books, I, I cannot put them down, and they read really fast. And so, I mean, it's, I could see how it's possible you go out and you spend ten bucks on the first trade or whatever, and you read through it in about... 25 minutes and go, well, not a lot happened. But yeah. uh, for me, I would had so much fun reading it that I, I don't really quite understand that. I would say give it another shot, read through it it's, again. It's, it's, it's just, it's, you don't want to say buy the numbers because that, that makes it sound rote, but it's, it's, it's superheroing at its core. It's like, what is, what is fun about superhero stories? Why do people respond to them? Why, why are they so different than anything else you can get in other mediums? And this is, this is it. I well, mean, as this, it, this is superhero at its basic it's most basic. As we're talking about, we've been we've been using music. I would compare it to Slash, the guitarist from Guns N' Roses. Okay. Okay. The gar- he is not uh, he's not doing anything amazing. He's not he's not. But the one he, he does the basic thing, which is basically blues rock guitar. He does it really, really, really well. He doesn't mm-hmm. do anything different. He's not reinventing the wheel. He's not doing anything. But the thing that he does, he does really, really well. And that's I don't why know. The solo in Sweet Child of Mine is pretty amazing. No, but it's not. It's not anything new. It's not like when Eddie Van Halen or Jimi Hendrix. Know, it's I'm not just... or uh, Tom Morello. No, it's he's not, not reinventing things. the wheel. He's just. But he's... he does that one thing better than anybody else. Yes. And and that's what this book seems to be doing for me. So that's kind of what Invincible is. Uh, you know, if you don't want to spend the money on it, hey, I understand that. Go to the library. People. A lot of people said they've gone to the library and read it there. You could also read fables at the library. Um, I'm hearing that more and more. Um, but uh, I think I think one of the things I really like about it is is you, there aren't from. I'm not reading a lot of young superhero stories. They're all grown up now. Yeah, everybody's an adult. Everybody's got married and have families and they're worried about all this other stuff. And there's not a lot of like the joy of having superpowers mm-hmm. and being able to fly around the world the first time you experience that or um, you know just being 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 a teen or a young adult who suddenly you know his life has completely changed and that's 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 why everybody loved the superhero comics in the 60s and that's sort of a throwback to this now yeah and it, but it's done really well and and the the artists that they've had on it are awesome yes anyway so that that's the deal you know go get it please where like. can they get that book, Josh? They could go to our sponsor, uh, ComicHole.com, who uh, we very much appreciate. And there you can go to get uh, discounted comics and trades. If you're in a place where you can't get to a shop, you can have them. Uh, you can subscribe to stuff, and they'll ship you stuff at uh, at, at, a, at a substantial discount. You can get your uh, hardcovers and trades from 30 to 50 percent off. Uh, they get new stuff all the time. You go to ComicHole.com, which is C-O-M-I-C-H-O-L-E. Um, and let them know that you heard it on iFanboy. And uh, I can tell you, for one thing, they, they have really good prices, and they, they ship real well, so your books will arrive in good shape. Good shape. Actually, I see more and more people on, on iFanboy talking about how they get stuff from Comical, so they must like it because they still yeah. use it. They keep it's, it's a good service, and it's you know it's real simple. It's not, not overdone. Um, before we get started on the mail, which is normally what we do, uh, you having a, you having a little are you having a little cyber, cyberspace tiff? I'm just calling out Augie DeBleek from the podcast, and I say his name wrong every time because we, we never knew how to say it in the past, and we would always butcher it, apparently. So it's ingrained in my head to say it wrong, and I apologize, Augie. But not too much because <laughs> he called me out on his show, The Pipeline Podcast, and I am telling you, Augie, I hear you, and I'm coming for you. Well, why did he call you out? 
He said, I didn't like the art in last week's Jonah Hex, and apparently the artist is some big deal in Europe, and blah, 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 blah. I didn't like it. I liked the art a lot. And Connor, uh, Ron's not here, so we could talk about cowboy books. <laughs> Let's just do a cowboy show. Screw the mail. Uh, next up, we got some mail. <laughs> <laughs> Our, um, yeah, I'll, I'll go right into it. Okay. Because normally, this is where the show falls apart, because we're used to Ron reading the letters. Oh, God. We've never done this, have we? The first letter's from Matt. He says, hey, guys, he loves the podcast and all that stuff. He likes. To, he would like to chime in really quick on the wall, wallpaper thing. He wouldn't, he wouldn't use the wallpaper, but what he would use is a high-quality wave file of me going, ooh, which, which, which... <laughs> Here, wait, wait. Well, you know what? You could, you could probably take this into, uh, into, like, audacity. So I'll count Connor in. Three, two... Ooh! Cut. Okay, so you put that in there, you take that little bit out, and you export it as a wave, and you're good to go. <laughs> that's 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 weird. Yeah. Well, you're famous. You All right. On to the question. Um, what is the Wildstorm universe? Where is Ron? Oh God, I I didn't realize he wasn't going to be here. He's heard people time. talking about the relaunch of Wildcats and the Authority, and now Midnighter, and he doesn't get it. Recently picked up some books published by Wildstorm, Team Zero, and Battler Britain. But he gets the feeling they all aren't really connected. All right, I can actually answer this question yes. that we're on. Mm-hmm. Um, the Wildstorm universe is a universe, but it's not as closely connected as, say, the Marvel universe. So, for example, but it's not all connected. Some of the books are connected. Well, that's what I'm saying. Uh, uh, not all of the titles that come out from Wildstorm are in the Wildstorm universe. However, some of the titles that come out are, are part of a shared universe. Wildcats, The Authority, uh, which would include them, the Supreme you know, Midnight book. or Supreme, um, Stormwatch. Those yeah. all exist in the shared universe. Um, Battle of Britain is just a World War II book. In fact, uh, Ed Brubaker's Sleeper existed in that world as well. Yes, Sleeper was also in that. In which, it, which, by the way, was awesome. If I haven't said it more, like it's so good. Well, there's those superhero books, and those those are all together. But then there's the other books that Wildstorm just made, per, prints. And I don't know what Team Zero is, but Battle of Britain is just a World War II story. That takes place in our our, you know, our and, world. And, and Ex Machina is is, in yeah. the, is Wildstorm. It's not Wildstorm universe. So I don't know how to tell the difference between what's what. But basically, if you buy a book from Wildstorm, it's not going to necessarily be one of the Wildstorm universe books. But right. Well, I don't know how to tell that. They should have an imprint. They yeah. Well, I I don't have a problem. I don't really. Yeah. That's what get over it, Matt. Okay. Next up is uh, Paul from Edinburgh, Scotland. And he says it's a great podcast. He just wanted to know if we read any of the Ultimate books because he sort of mentioned Ultimate Spider-Man before, but not much about the other ones. He's a big fan of the Ultimates, like the Ultimate Fantastic Four and Ultimate X-Men, and Mark Miller was writing them. And do we think the quality of the Ultimates Volume 1 and 2 will continue under the new creative team? Uh, cheers, Paul Rooney from, from Scotland. Uh, the new creative team, of course, is uh, Jeff Loeb and who? Uh, it's uh, his, his Batman-Superman partner, Ed McGinnis. Ah, we'll be on the Ultimates. Uh, we definitely. I, I I think Josh does not only he only reads you only read Spider Man, right? I do. I've made forays into some of them. I read Ultimate Iron Man. It was actually the first one was my pick of the week, um, <clears throat> but it didn't end so great. I read Ultimate X Men here and there. I read like the first twenty or so, and then I read it when Vaughn or when Bendis was back on it. But uh, I read Spider Man, X Men, and Ultimates. I I read a little bit of Fantastic Four. I liked Warren Ellis' uh, book. Right. Mike Carey knocked me right off the book. Um, I did not read Iron Man. I think I read the first issue of Iron Man. Wasn't that the, the novelist who wrote that? Yeah, Orson Scott Card. Yeah, that wasn't very good. And um, I'm not going to be buying Ultimate Vision, I'll tell you that. <laughs> Who's doing uh, that? The, Somebody. Is it yeah. Mike Carey, I think? No, it's. Is it? Yeah. Yeah, I'm not that You know what? <clears throat> I read The Ultimates when it first came out because, you know, that was the book to be reading. And it was, like, the thing that they did to follow up the authority, I guess. And, uh,. 
I, you know, like the the schedule got to me. I just yeah, like, it's I tough. Got, I got so like jaded by the fact that it just would not come out that I I stopped buying it. And I, it's therefore very being very interested. tough. Um, I think I'm going to give Jeff Loeb and Ed McGinnis a, tra- a shot. I, I wasn't going to at first, but I think I'm going to give them one issue and see what it's like. Are you um, finding that Are you finding that uh, Jeff Loeb on Heroes is making you want to? Possibly. I, I'm more worried about the fact that you've had um, Brian Hitch on art for you know the entire run, and that's he's very realistic and he's very he's got a very detailed style and mm-hmm. he immerses you in the world very very well. Yeah, it's going to be hard to switch. to jump to McGinnis, who's who's good in his own right, but it's just a completely different style, and that's going to be. A, Odd. That's really interesting. Um, so well, we'll see. That, that's sort of one of those questions when you when you change creative teams on a book. Do you go whole hog or do you try to stick with that same kind of? Well, this is whole hog. Yeah, totally. Uh, so I don't know. We'll see. I'm gonna give it a shot. All the Spider Man, you know, we all love. Uh, yeah. Up until recently, for me anyway. We're gonna get to that. All right. Uh, all right. The last letter, uh, actually not the last letter. Uh, Miguel uh, from Colombia. Uh, had a, I've had a fanboy question that occurred to him at work, and every once in a while, we're going to admit we love to do them. Uh, somebody else sent us a Superman versus Hulk one, and we're not reading it. There it is. Um, <laughs> Haven't we done that question 18 times? Yeah, already? just listen to any third podcast. It's Superman. Anyway, if Wolverine has an unbreakable adamantium skeleton, does that mean that he can't dislocate his joints? Well, of course not, because he doesn't have adamantium ligaments. I don't know what that means. I'm not a doctor. Well, the bones are connected by ligaments. I don't even know how it happens when you dislocate a joint. I didn't. Pay, I barely made it through science in high school. Well, unless he had some sort of amazingly, the, the tendons and things like that were made of something else. There's no reason they couldn't just rip the arms out of their socket. Well, that's a good question because, like, not everything's connected, right, by bone. There's stuff. No. connected to stuff that stuff connects the bone to the other bone. Ligaments and tendons. Yeah. <laughs> you don't believe me. Somebody's gonna write in and be like, it's, "I'm a there's, doctor." There's tubes in there. That's all thing. I know. The internet's a series of tubes. But that really wasn't the question that I wanted to answer. Okay, sorry. The next one, who would win in a fight, Deathstroke the Terminator or the Taskmaster? I think we had a big blowout over this, didn't we? I think we talked about it ahead of time because we did. We couldn't come to a consensus. I my opinion is it's Deathstroke the Terminator. Well, just, just just to just Deathstroke the Terminator is the one of the preeminent martial artists of the DC universe, correct? But not just martial arts, but badass. He's a he's a mute. He's not a he's not just a martial artist. He's a meta. You know, he's a he's got superpowers. Okay. So, but he's real good at fighting. He's really Basically, good at that's his thing. And then the Taskmaster, who's from Marvel, is uh, he can he can mimic anybody's fighting style perfectly, having seen them only once. And so, therefore, like if he sees Captain America fight, he could theoretically defeat anybody that Captain America could defeat. Right. Here's the thing: Deathstroke the Terminator can just shoot Taskmaster in the head. Well, Taskmaster can use weapons. Yeah, but he's got a gun. Do you know what Taskmaster has? He has a costume that's completely cobbled together from all mid '70s superhero comic yeah. book cliches. It's, it's a badass costume. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, in, in a terrible, in a terrible way, but it's still it's cool in that. Like, it's got dark, those. He's got those way. those Captain America boots. Right. And a well, so does Terminator. Yeah, I love those boots. Which, by the way, kid. did you know that originally uh, he was called the Terminator, and then they had some sort of rights issue with uh, the Terminator right. movies, and now he's only called Deathstroke. And that his name is uh, Slade Wilson, right. and of course Deadpool is Wade Wilson. Yeah, that was uh, a and, and Rob Liefeld said that he didn't copy him, but he clearly no, did. Not in the least. The no. costume is almost the same. <laughs> um, we could go on about this for a long time. And we I, 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 I don't know. I, I think, think the Taskmaster could win. I also think Deathstroke cheats. And he, in in Identity Crisis, took out... No, it was an Identity Crisis? We took out the JLA? 
Uh, yeah, I think yeah, so. Yeah, identity crisis. He took the entire JLA. Come on. Yeah, but now Ollie can beat him. Well, Ollie, did you read the, read the latest Green Arrow? Ollie took on a whole army. I didn't read it. Yeah, it was good. All right. And and last but not least, Patrick, uh, whose girlfriend... This is, a, this is a little twist on the traditional question. His girlfriend is always reading his comics and not putting them back where they belong, or is denting the spine, and is yeah. me, or is mistreating them in some way. He was wondering if we could recommend some books that would stop her from reading comics. Boys. The boys. <laughs> uh, it depends if she's the freaky kind. First of all, lighten this, up. No, this is an epidemic. It's all, you got to lighten up. I bend the spines. Okay, that's fine, but I, well, I, part of me still recoils when I, see a be- when I see a comic book being damaged in some way. And I can tell you how many times in my past – this doesn't happen with my wife currently, but I've had girlfriends in the past where I've, I've been like read some comics and they start to and they say they know what they're doing. And then all of a sudden they'll just roll over on it and crunch it, and I go ah like that, like like someone's poking a nerve that's been over. But that, you know what? That's not just comics. That's just that's just respect for anything. Yeah. I mean, if if you if that was a book, you know, or my magazine. point is, a lot of them they don't they don't know it's paper. They don't think of it like anything. It's like a magazine or anything like that. So there's no. Well, I think the deeper issue here is, is there seems to be a lack of respect just for his stuff in general. Yeah. I mean, there seems to be a deeper issue, Patrick. Don't let her drive your car. <laughs> that's what I would. Well, what do. book would you tell him to, to give her? I'd say the boys because that's full of misogyny. Lots, lots, there's, you know, there's, there's no problem out there going out. Oh, Cerebus. <laughs> I was just thinking, there's just go get an issue of like, you know, Martian Manhunter, just a regular old. Oh, that put superhero me off comics. Comic. There you go. <laughs> just, just get a regular old, you know, a, a, pretty much any superhero comic that's in the middle of an arc. She's not going to want to read any of them. Or you could go um, the '90s. Uh, I don't know. Cable and the Mutants, X Force. I'm not saying there's a thread in that in that series of books. Oh, Jesus, good thing Ron's not here. <laughs> X Factor, or oh, not X Factor? What was the one? Um, what was the one from Image? Uh, we need Ron's late '90s knowledge of this. We're tanking. Just listen to them. Pretend it didn't happen. <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay, so we got our first email. <laughs> moving along. I'm moving along. All right, is uh, is from someone you may know. Hello, true believers. This is. Dan Man Lee, love your show. I have a question. There's this beautiful girl at my comic book shop, and I want to ask her out. And also, why do I sound like Gilbert Gottfried? Excelsior! Dude, he totally stole my joke. Yeah. I was going to say that. Uh, you need to get a better phone. We, we should say that Stanley, um, if that is your name. Ron is a huge fan. Not that we don't like you, but Ron is like a sp- especially huge fan of your calls. He, you, Stanley has called before. Uh, they all, they're all very overmodulated. So you, you may want to try the landline in your office. Yeah. I've been in that office, by the way. He has a life-size Spider-Man poster. Or not poster, statue. You think you would? Yeah. God, so, Stan, it, Stanley, we enjoy it? your calls. Keep them coming. Just try to find a phone that doesn't make my ears bleed <laughs> when you do it. All right. The next one comes from Jan. Hi, this is Jan from the message board. I had a question for you guys for your uh, your anniversary episode. My question is, who would win in a fight? Uh, Thor, Superman, or Ron's sideburns? Thanks. Ooh. Clearly it's Ron's sideburns. Yeah, I think so. See, we can do stuff like this when Ron's not here because <laughs> we don't have to go, no, no, Come listen, on, listen, listen. We know why he started those, right? The sideburns? Yeah. Uh, it's a combination of Dylan Dylan McKay and Morrissey. Yeah, nine hundred two one zero and 
a sad man from Manchester. He's going to beat the crap out of us when he hears this show. <laughs> uh, I just like that I know that guy's name is Jan and not Jan, which would uh, be much more uh, alpine. And uh, next up, we've got Andy Lawler. Hey, guys. Love the podcast. It's Andy Lawler from Charlotte, North Carolina, hoping for a Democratic victory. What's up with Ultimate Spider-Man? I was just rereading a couple issues from the past. It is just, I think, the most consistently good comic being written today that has superheroes in it. And ever since I started this clone saga, not only does it, is it bad, I don't know what is going on. Help me, iFanboy. You're my only hope. Well, what happened was uh, that was a really bad storyline. And a bad time to have a bad storyline when you're hitting your 100th issue. But clearly, uh, you can't even do the Clone Saga in a postmodern and ironic way. Do you kind of respect him for trying it? Yeah, I mean, it takes balls to revisit the darkest period of Marvel's recent history. But uh, it it was not very good. I did not like it at all. I I liked each each issue less than I liked the the one before it. Yeah, I really didn't mind it for whatever yeah. reason. I don't know why. Because you are bizarro, Josh. It's just, it was You're just not cr- the guy that started this show. It was just crazy. Where is he? It was just so weird. He just kept Did you leave him in L.A.? Yeah. Ever since I got here, I, I love crap. Your personality is different. You changed. Who are you? I, I had to adjust to move to New York. That's all. It's not that bad. And it'll be over. This is one of those things where comic fans tend to... No, I'm not saying the series is bad. I'm saying the storyline sucks. I'm waiting for the next one. Well, one storyline out of 100 issues is No, it's a good track record. It's just that, you know, you get so used to comics that are good being always good, like Powers and Ex Machina and Daredevil. And then when they have a bad storyline, you're like, whoa, this is... Well, the other thing that happens is that we don't get to watch... We don't get to see a whole story before we start commenting on it. Like, you know, it's never... It's never that you would watch the first 15 minutes of a TV show and then get on the web and start talking about how much it sucks before they came back after the first People do that. Breaks. Well, those people, people definitely do that. Well, they have but problems. The, uh, well, I mean, I'm just saying I don't see where anything that can happen that's going to make redeem this story. It'll end. That's, that's redeemable. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think that there is one last. Kirby. Uh, Kirby. Hey, guys, this is Kirby from Orlando. I've been listening to you guys for quite a while. You've been doing a good job. Um, I'm currently calling you while I'm driving, which you told us not to do, but I'm not listening. I'm doing it anyway. I was just calling to see what you guys thought about the uh, TV show uh, Heroes. So far, the uh, stand-up character seems to be the uh, Japanese character of Hero. He seems to be the coolest character on the show. Um, I just wanted to see what you thought of it so far. I think that it's got some good ideas, and I'll be following it for a while to see what direction you're taking. Um, I think sometimes the uh, writing is a little cheesy. Um, also, the acting occasionally is a little bit wooden. I think they could have found a couple of better actors. But uh, overall, I enjoyed the show, and um, like I said, it's definitely in the comic book universe. I was interested to hear what you guys thought about it. Anyways, keep up the good work, guys, and I'll call in again. Bye. I can guess a couple of things about Kirby. One, I think he might work in radio. That was my first reaction. And, and two, I think he was hang gliding. <laughs> I'm not exactly sure. Well, that's not safe at all. No, and it's not. That's, in, that's not in the regs. Actually, he said he was driving, but he was driving his hang glider. Uh, heroes, Connor. Kirby, we have a um, – Kirby's probably like many of you or most of you who listen to the podcast but don't go to iFanboy.com. And every uh, Monday night we have a long, very cool, interesting heroes discussion after it ends. We have a th- you know, a post about it and people come on after the show and talk about it and yeah, th- analyze th- it and discuss it. A thread goes up on Monday uh, before the East Coast show. 
usually. Yes. So uh, and and they've you know they've been pretty long. Last week was kind of short, but uh, it's it's a great place to go talk about it. And uh, there are dissenting opinions. Uh, all I fanboy, we get together, we watch it together. Yes, it's our it's our Monday night thing. It's our Monday night thing with the with the resurrected uh, full 60. season of Studio Sixty. Um, yeah. It's a good show. You're absolutely dead on that. That hero is probably the most interesting character for the same reason that we were talking about Invincible. Yes, it's a guy he's who's fun. Got, he's fun. He likes having his powers. He's enjoying the discovery of it. Uh, your other point about uh, about the acting and the writing. These are some of the things we get into in the threads, and they've been you know said at nauseum. There, I can tell you that Connor and I don't agree on anything. No, I agree with you that Peter is he's not horrible. a good actor. He's not horrible. I think he's actually getting a little better. Yeah, uh, I'm I might just... I might have a bad taste from when he was on Gilmore Girls. Maybe I co- might be coloring my my opinion. Just tune in next week when Allie Lauder tries to close her mouth. Ugh. Oh, <laughs> too much of her. Yeah, there's too much. So go to the site and post there. But it's a good show. And, yeah, uh, look look go to ifanboy.com on Monday. Um, usually put the thread up in the afternoon, and then it goes on all night. So. Yep. Cool. Uh, anyway. Uh, Connor, you're the you're the master of that which fraps. Frapper, we've had a we've we haven't actually talked about the frapper because last week we had this anniversary show and didn't mention it, but we blew past 500 in the in the intervening time. It's we're at 510 right now, which is uh, pretty cool. The new people are Brian from California and another Brian from Huntley, Illinois, and Ray Phillip from Granada Hills, also from California. Eric from Chicago, Roger from Lafayette, Lindsay from Chicago, Kevin from Bolivar, Zek. That's Zek from Madison. <laughs> I thought it was Zach, but it's Zek. Andrew Franklin from Brockville, Ontario, in Canada, and Devin from Hawaii. Perhaps it's perhaps it's comic book artist Mike Zek. Maybe, but it's no, it's an H. Oh. Zek. Zek. I like Zek. Uh, but uh, in, 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 by the way, in case you're a new listener, you don't know the Frapper map. You can get to by going to uh, Frapper F R A P P R dot com slash iFanboy, or you can get there through uh, our website iFanboy dot com. There's a banner in the upper right hand corner. It's a map, and you place your pin on there, and you can see where all the iFanboy listeners are, and they're all over the globe, which is so cool. Look at that one up there in Alaska, all by itself. Um, also, I just wanted to take this quick moment. Is in India? There's a billion of you. Come on. <laughs> Um, somebody mentioned, uh, but there was a bunch of people on that Frapper map from L.A. Yes. And uh, I, I, I'm not going to lie to you. I got an email from the guy whose comic shop I used to go to when I lived there, uh, Ed at Collector's Paradise, which is in Winnetka. <laughs> Ed, was, Ed was around when I, when I started iFanboy.com, and he's like, so anybody going to your site yet? I was like, nope, <laughs> not yet. <laughs> and so he, he's like, there's people listening, and they come to my store. So there you go. Um, I also wanted to take it on the promotion uh, front um, – uh, Chris over at comicaddiction.com put up a banner for iFanboy over to site, and I wanted to thank him for that. So if you want to check out his site, he does comic reviews. Uh, you know, but no, that was very cool. It was very cool. Yeah, we really appreciate that. So right back at you. Go over to comicaddiction.com, and then of course, when you've when you've had enough of everything else, you should go to iFanboy.com, and and we talk about uh, like we said, we talk about heroes, and then there's the pick of the week thread where we talk about all the books that we don't have time to get to because Connor, you had like. 14, 14, 15 books. It took yeah. me two days. We don't have time to do them all on the podcast, but that's the place where you can go and say, talk about the books that, that you like. And as always, the, the conversation there is is some of the best stuff that I've seen on the web for comics, where you can talk about superhero books and other kind of books. And there's not a lot of snobbery, but it's also you know not a lot of mud flinging. It's good times. And if you want to email us and say, hey, don't ever do the show without Ron again, <laughs> which you uh, will want to. 
You can write to contact at ifanboy.com or you can leave us a voicemail, which is 1-888-FANBOYS. Don't call 1-800-FANBOYS. We cannot be held responsible for what you might hear. Um, 1-888-FANBOYS is 326-2697. You can call us with comments or questions, leave a voicemail. We like, we like listening to the voicemails. Um, we're getting a lot of letters, a lot of voicemails, which is good. We're having trouble fitting them all into the show. So um, make them good. Make the voicemails short and sweet and to the point, and tell us who you are and where you're from. And in the email front, we're getting a lot of emails. Um, Previously, so we've said if you email us, we will definitely write you back. It's getting harder. We're so, not going to not write you back. It's just going to take longer than normal. Yeah, so... We're, gonna, know, we're still going to do them. We just... Bear with us. Don't get grumpy if it takes a few weeks to get a reply to your email. But we're getting a lot that we can't. We do not have time to put everything on the podcast, unfortunately. So you know, but that just means that you got to work a little harder, a little more competition. Make them good. Yep. So, um, and we get it. I'm creepy. Move on. Find a new email topic. <laughs> yeah, that joke has really been done to death. Josh and Ron sound the same. Blah, I'm blah, creepy. Blah blah blah. blah, blah. Um, anyway, you could also uh, help promote us a little bit if you want to, please. Uh, you can go to our MySpace page and be our friend at myspace.com slash ifanboy. Um, or you could go and leave a review for us in iTunes, which would be helpful. All We, we have a lot of great reviews, and like I, I got to tell you, when I read them, like it really means a lot to us. It's very, very cool. Yes. Um, he, we, he cries a little. I do. Just I, one tear. One lonely really, tear down the It's very nice of people to go do that. <laughs> Or you go to Podcast Alley and vote for us, or Podcast Pickle, and I don't know what you do there, fling a pickle in a barrel, something like that. Um, and, and of course, you can always uh, tell people about the podcast if you talk about it in your comic shops, things like that. Um, that always helps, and we appreciate that. Yes, or if you want to really uh, help us out, you can donate some cash. You can go to ifamway.com slash donations. Click on the donate box on the website. Uh, PayPal or a credit card. Yeah, you don't need a, You don't even need a PayPal account. You can just throw some cash if you feel. Help bring so Ron fine. back. Ron is stuck in San Francisco. That's we need money to bring Ron back. Only you can help for twenty-two dollars a month. Wait, no, that's Sally Struthers. <laughs> oh God, put this show out of its misery. Oh God, I think that's it for this week's show. I think. I'm Connor. I'm Josh, and we have a big empty hole where the great sideburned kid should be. Next week, see ya. Sing along with the common people. Sing along, and it might just get you through. Laugh along, even though they're laughing at you and the stupid things that you do because you think that poor is cool.